this time on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching Galtar in the Golden Lance, episode 18, Antara the Terrible. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, the podcast that cannot be legally described as a comedy. My name's Adam. I am the Matt. My name's David. My name's Mike. I'm Derek. <laughs> I, don't even, uh, I don't want to fucking do this one. Derek. We're holding Derek here against his will. Oh my god. Yeah. He's like, Zero I could be spending fun time with my daughter instead of watching Zero. this garbage. Zero fucking fun was had with this one. Oh, really? Yeah, and you know what's crazy is I thought I would like it. Like, it started out, it had, like, you know, the fantasy tropes and all the other, like, you know, it's like D&D or all the other cool shit that we're into. And the more I watched, the more I was just bored. It felt very um, fancy-in. Just the world felt very, you know, like, weird and empty and post-apocalyptic and an odd mix of technologies, you know? Yeah. Like I said, um, I, yep. I thought I would like it. When I fired it up, I was real pumped, you know. Mm-hmm. And then as it went on, it just... You had your elbow ready to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was I was looking at the crease of my elbow wondering how to <laughs> fucking yeah. make it work. Yeah, you're like, oh, I love it when I, when I put my arm down and it gets all wrinkly like grandma's elbow. Oh, yeah. Totes. Yeah. That's it's what I look for. <laughs> So I have been, I purchased, and I have been playing the video game version of Gloomhaven, the board game. Ooh, Ooh and I'm, that I'm sounds only, really that? nice. I'm only, um, I guess, four years late to the party, something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. They have online play, by the way, and it's not very expensive. Just like the board game, brutally hard. Mm. So one of the, one of the, one of the major, I've, I've heard a lot of good about the video game version of it. One mm-hmm. of the major complaints that I have seen on Reddit and some of the, the Twitter uh, handles that I follow with board gaming and Gloomhaven and everything else is it seems like when people play Gloomhaven in person, like Matt, you and I did that one time. Pretend yep. I still lived in Brooklyn and we got to play every week or something. <laughs> we would organically come up with some house rules that yes. just makes sense to facilitate either faster or... Not easier gameplay, but ease of you know rules management and stuff like that. And one of the one of the big ones is if you go through a brutally hard scenario and like your your last hero gets douched yeah. on the last fucking card draw, a lot of people playing per, you know face to face will go, we'll just let that one slide. You know if it's if it's a one off R and Jesus hate your guts, but otherwise I've heard it's it's very faithful. Like it is, it is very faithful. Um, there's a bunch of options, so you can like you can toggle rules on and off. What is the upside of it, though, compared to the actual board game, is it does not take two hours to set up and four <laughs> hours to play. It takes like two hours maybe to get through a scenario, and that's just because uh-huh. I have to read every card. Yeah. Well, that's the first time you play that game. Like, if you don't know how to go through the book and look at the scenarios and everything else, yeah. if you're going to have friends over to play it, you you need to set it up in the morning before your friends come over in the afternoon or early evening. Like, it needs to be set up and ready to go. You can't pull the fucking suitcase that is the box 
out and be like, hey, you guys go get yourself a drink. I'll set this up real quick. No, what, uh, what I do is because I have a, a two-year-old, I don't set up shit. So if people come over to play, I'm like, okay, you're in charge of maps. You're in charge of characters. I'll boot up the Ooh, app. That's, that's you're good. in charge of playing with the kid. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go smoke a dart. <laughs> I'm going to go get cigarettes and milk. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be back in 15 years. You won't yeah, yeah. have it set up by then, but that's when I'm coming back. Yeah. So I recommend. Nice. Pr- pretty fun. So are you trying to pick out our uh, next podcast? It's going to be doing a real play. Gloomhaven real play? I don't think it would be that interesting as a real play podcast. Because no. it's a lot of like, god damn it, it this, it's all fucked up again. Can we restart this round? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I picked the wrong cards. <laughs> the, the thing with Gloomhaven is Gloomhaven is a it's a deck-based combat mechanic that yeah. if you're used to a, a dice-based combat mechanic, it just... For example, last night I downloaded uh, on PlayStation one of the free games is this Hot Wheels like arcade racer, and it plays very similar to Mario Kart. But the con- mm-hmm. but the controls, yeah, it's that's a lot of fun actually. But the controls are not the same. So drifting in the Hot Wheels game is not the same way that you drift in Mario Kart, where you're working the thumbstick back and forth while you know engaging your brakes. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I came to a fucking stop on the track and got super frustrated because I was like, these controls aren't the same. This game is fucking bullshit. Galtar and the Golden Lance is a 30-minute animated sword and sorcery television series produced by Hanna-Barbera Productions. Uh, it aired in 1985 to 1986 as part of the fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera. Wow, um, it feels older. It does. It really yeah, does. I figured early 80s. The fantastic world of Hanna-Barbera was actually a little bit ahead of its time. This is before any other production company had an animated block. And they actually had an animated block on Sundays. And that's how we got to the fantastic world. Uh, this show was a direct response to He-Man... However, it was doomed to fail because essentially they were a cartoon company that were competing against a toy company. So, right, didn't really work out for them. They got canceled, like actually, honest to goodness, canceled after 21 episodes. That's all they got. Oh, how many were made? No, that's all that were made. They only made 21. I think that they got canceled before they even like aired the series. So, wow. Because I remember, I don't remember ever seeing the show, but I remember seeing art for it and mm-hmm. promotion and for yeah, it. Yeah, the opening uh, sequence was almost familiar. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially when it reaches the lava of men and the sea serpent. I like that the opening sequence, like, it started off very well animated, and then it kind of mm-hmm. got a little less well animated. Yeah, and then it's just a series of stills. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I. I was wondering why it, they spend so much time with this intro. It, it feels like it, it is like a just a filler. Uh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all, they, they that's two cred- minutes they didn't have to animate, you know? Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, it, and there's no credits or anything, so they literally are just like, okay, let's, let's throw together a bunch of clips that we have lying on the floor and then uh, shove it in the front of the episode. Go. 
Yeah. Well, this did feel an awful lot like Thunder of the Barbarian, which we mm. watched Space Ghost, and even had some feelings of Space Ghost. And like Young Samson, and the other Hanna Barbera cartoons, it felt very much exactly the same. I, I thought uh, there was a little almost. bit of Pirates of Darkwater in there. Oh, yeah. Yes. This feels interesting. This feels like this is the, like, again, the inbred parent of Pirates yeah. of Darkwater. Like, slightly. Pirates of Darkwater with uh, uh, He Man crossed with. Thunder of the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had it a, a little orgy. Well, what's interesting is uh, we'll get to naming everybody, but Tormac, the uh, main villain in this, uh, was actually voiced by Brock Peters. Yeah. And Brock Peters also voiced Bloth from Pirates of Darkwater. Yes. Wow. So, so he was the main bad guy. I think that was the main bad guy in Pirates of Darkwater, right? Or was that? I don't know. No, I think it was. This, I think it was. This is trivia no one cares about. <laughs> well, Brock Peters also most notably plays Joe Sisko in Deep Space Nine. So, for mm. for us. He was in, like, a ton yeah. of other movies and other things that were, like, probably much more popular in his day. But we, that was some media that we didn't really consume quite as much, so. He is, it is a great, it is a great voice. Yeah, that's actually it. Was one of the standout things about this show. There were a couple things I thought were really good, but his voice is definitely one of them. Yeah, yep. So we we actually have the main characters for the show are Galtar, the uh, titular character who has mm-hmm. a golden lance, uh, Princess Goletta, no relation, and her younger brother Zorn, who has telekinetic powers. And they don't a really come up in this episode, but telekinetic powers and a boomerang, exactly. Yeah. Galetta didn't seem like a really original name. Yeah. Nor nor original design. She looked a lot like the princess from uh, Thundar. Mm. Like, a lot like her. Oh, yeah. What was her name? Ariel? And uh, Yeah, Ariel. And, and a lot. She also looked yeah. a lot. She looks quite a bit like um, the princess in uh, uh, Captain Inn. Mm. The, ga- mm. the game of Master. Oh, yeah. Just... She's just very generic. Well, she does have those magic gauntlets that let her do something. I think they're just like <laughs> ill-defined powers that she gets from her gauntlets, basically. I thought you said she she had these magic goblins, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, they, they seem oh. like they might be actually more powerful than the golden lance. The lance, yeah. Yeah, they seem better than the lance. Which is not a lance. Yeah, it's a no. double-bladed lightsaber, basically. So. Well, let, let's wait till we yeah. see it. I have, I have thoughts. Okay, all right, fair I mean... <laughs> I could understand if you're mixing up like a chakram and a glaive, because those are both like exotic weapons. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ignorant piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bad guys in the series. You are... mixed up an an uh, ectoc and a uh, and a claymore. And a you you mixed up a flay bridge with a. Yeah, yeah. Claymore? What the hell's wrong with you? I was actually referencing Kroll. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh. Damn it. Shows what we know, Matt. It is. In, in our face. It is, it is showing me what I know. <laughs> I, know I know David so, hates me. Yes, feel, so, feel shame for, for, for not remembering that great movie, Crawl. <laughs> I've never seen hey, it. You know what's funny is I started <laughs> watching that again recently, and mm-hmm. like I think I got about 20 minutes into it, and then my internet was like, nope. <laughs> it just like shut off. It was like, no, you, you shouldn't be watching this. Go outside. Protect, do something. Yeah, else. Pr- it protected you. 
So they're they're fighting the bad guys in this episode or in this series are Tormac, who's essentially the usurper of the kingdom of I have it written down somewhere. Bradasar? Uh-huh. Bradasar. Yeah. Who cares, exactly. And he has an evil sorcerer henchman named Krim. And Krim frequently employs two mercenaries named uh, Took and Rack. Who are like pudgy middle-aged men. Diminutive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be dwarven. I'm pretty sure they're supposed well, they're, to be dwarves. They're father so, and son. They are. Yeah. And they look exactly the same. But they're father and son. One has a beard. One has and a little, has like a little a goatee. Yeah. Yes, details. So it turns out Tormac, just to give a little backstory here, Tormac killed Gal- Galtar's parents huh. and, uh, and also assassinated Goleta and Zorn's family to take over the throne of the kingdom. And his whole motivation is he's trying to conquer the entire world. So. Cool. When he took over the kingdom, he got the sacred shield, which is essentially a, a, a golden shield that's supposed to make the wielder like impervious essentially makes them like perfectly protected mm-hmm. and it also has very it has other various ill-defined powers which we'll see later on in the episode yeah and it's actually the companion to the golden lance which is supposed to allow the wielder to basically adapt to any type of fighting form to essentially never be beaten in combat which doesn't make a lot of sense because it seems like the lance takes two hands so I don't yeah. know what you're doing with the shield during that time. Maybe you just got it like sitting over your crotch. Just wear like a cod piece. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. So. You strap it to your junk. Exactly. And you're like, I'm, in, I'm impervious. I am impervious. Try to hit me in the balls. <laughs> try to hit me in the in the, Try to hit me in these pervy areas. So the Golden Lance also has the ability to... When when held over the head, specifically, it has the ability to break into two swords that also shoot energy bolts. Two light and, swords, yeah. And in this episode, we see that pretty much the very first move that everybody does with the lance is you raise it over your head and break it into swords. Because swords are easier to animate than lances, I guess? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the lance also has a power where it emits basically like raw energy to hurt anyone unworthy that tries to pick it up. So it just prevents unworthy people from using it. Right. And that's all the backstory for Galtar and the Golden Lance. Right there. Awesome. Amazing. So let's get into the episode. Opening scene. We start off... Where a Galtar and his two companions are building camp in a forest. Zorn, the kid, is tasked with getting more leaves to assist in building a temporary shelter, and he gets the leaves by throwing a boomerang, just like Matt had mentioned. Now, I did a little bit of research, and I think that Mad Max Road Warrior came out in 1981? Hmm. Yeah, 1981. Are you talking so, the OG, original, like, Australian no. movie? The, the original Australian movie, but the second one, not the first oh, one. Oh, gotcha. One. Not the one that was well, kind of almost an art house film, but yeah, the first not, one that was an action movie. Not Mad Max, but Mad Max Road Warrior, the one where you got the guy with the hockey mask yep. attacking the yeah. settlement of... Uh, was that the Master Blaster? Workers. No, Master, no, Master, 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 Master Blaster was in three. 
Yeah, yeah. Master Blasters later. Yep. Okay. With Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, had the kid, the feral kid that had the boomerang that slices people's fingers off. Right. That's all I got. Yeah. Boomerang reference. <laughs> later series of uh, Xena, her chakram would break into two pieces the same way that this boomerang was would break into three pieces and hit three different targets. Yeah, nice. this feels like a classic, it's a feature, not a bug kind of thing. By the way, that was the mm-hmm. weakest throw in the history of throws. Oh, yeah, Anybody of else knows that? Yeah. This whole scene got to me. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. The wimpy-ass throw, the cutting the, the leaves off the palm tree, and then somehow being dumb enough to be right underneath the leaves and having them fall on him. And he's like... Oh, no. We're oh, supposed to hate, hate the child. <laughs> we want him to get eaten by that toad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the most important thing about the boomerang is it never gets used ever again in this series. Or in this <laughs> series. In the, yeah. in, I should say in this episode, not the series, in this episode. Sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well. So during this this scene, we get an exposition dump from, uh, from the gang where they're talking about how Tormac was beaten the last time they crossed paths. And Torvac's not likely to be following them. However, the group is actually being spied on by Rack and Tuck at Krim's orders. And they're the dwarven lackeys for, for Krim, who's the sorcerer sidekick to Tormac. Yeah. One of them sitting up in a tree, and you can see right up his skirt. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's got a well-placed elbow action going. Yeah, yeah, he's got a well-placed placed boot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, Not well placed enough. I can't unsee it. I can't unsee it. So this is when uh, everybody spots an apparition of a woman wearing a veil across her face. And she keeps fading in and out of existence while calling out Galtar's name. And she is very... She's dressed like the evil queen from Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she sounds like a classic witch, basically. Classic yeah. witch type voice. So. Yeah. I, I couldn't, you know... The, I never saw the double cross coming. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, she gets to Galtar's camp. She announced that she's a friend. Her name is Antara. Rock and Tuck see this, and they send uh, one of Krim's messenger birds back to Krim to let him know that something is happening. Yeah. So we then we then cut to the to Tormak's castle, where Tormak is blaming Krim for their last defeat, and Krim has one of the best lines here, where he says, "But Tormak, you know how great Galtar's golden lance is, right?" And Essentially, they are going back and forth. Tormac threatens to turn Krim into a jester. And that's when Krim's bird comes in, signifying something. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to signal plot happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's when Tormac and Krim are, are like, okay, let's go check the golden shield or the sacred shield. And we learn that the sacred shield has scrying abilities and they basically scry on Galtar's campsite. Yeah, like like all the villains of this period, everybody has closed circuit TVs everywhere, yeah. so that they can watch the plot happening, and you don't have to explain why they know what's going on. Or yeah, do anything. They can just hang out at home, watch the TV, wait for the call to action. 
You think this is like uh, brainwashing kids to be like, yeah, don't go outside. Stay inside and, and scry on the Care Bears. Well, only if you want to be evil. Of course. Look, I think we can all agree that children are evil. <laughs> well, naturally they're evil, yeah. But do they yeah. want to be evil? I mean, that's the question. Mm. I yes. wouldn't know. I, I asked the fathers out there. Yes. Perfect. Derek? All right. Yes. <laughs> Mike? You're just back there giggling. Uh, okay, so in the scene, Atara is asking for Galtar's help to retrieve the dark stone from the dark castle that appears only one night every hundred years in the Klamata Plains. Klamata. Klamata. The, uh, the Olive Plains. Don't, don't you think that these heroes in these... I mean, I get it. They're made for children and they're super light on, you know, whatever. But, like, I feel like if I was a hero, I would be like, man, you're going to go to the what and get the what? Yeah, the Dark Castle for the Dark Stone, <laughs> which only shows up once every, you know, here yeah. in the Spanish Olive Plains. I'd be like... <laughs> You're not going for like the socialized health care and the lowered <laughs> taxes, are you? No. Going for the dark stone that happens to be in the dark castle. This is the classic that Bruce Wayne could do a lot more. He could be a lot better person, a lot more effective. Oh, yeah. If he just if used he, his immense wealth for social good instead of like going and be, it, yeah. beating up individual people. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he should fix the like social safety net and educational systems of Gotham instead yeah, of yeah. beating the teeth out of everybody who the system has failed. Or even like, you know, revamping Arkham Asylum so it doesn't release bad guys every five weeks. Yeah, put an investment <laughs> right? in. Yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah. oh man, we can't we can't fix this lock that just releases the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well I guess right. I'm just gonna have to beat him the fuck up. Like, <laughs> instead of just buying a new lock. Guard routes and the predictable <laughs> guard behavior. The warden's like, ah, oh, yeah, I, uh, I misplaced my keys like six months ago. I, I don't know. Everybody's got a copy now. <laughs> no, no, I misplaced my keys like six months ago. So you know, I just took all the locks off. Right, know? exactly. <laughs> that way, I can get in very easily. So, <laughs> but it like it to to that point though. And Tara does say that she wants the stone specifically to fight for the good guys, not the bad guys. Mm. Well, she mm. says she wants to she wants to kill uh, uh, Tarmac or whatever Tarmac, his name is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she pinky promises that she wants to kick. He wa she wants to book. kick. She wants to kick asphalt there. Tarmac. Tarmac. Yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, and apparently whoever wields the stone gets untold power. Again, like, get, why yeah. would, why are our fucking heroes as dense as lead? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, oh, it, gets yeah. even, it gets even worse later where he's, where they're writing and he's like, well, if we're gonna get ambushed, it'll be here in this valley that we're riding through. I'm like, yeah. why didn't you go it, around, it, dipshit? <laughs> Why didn't you, like, or scout take, it? Take any precaution, yeah. Yeah. It's the classic Ma hot but dumb hero trope. Are you calling me a hero, Mike? Those aren't the only prerequisites. <laughs> anyway, uh, during this whole thing, we do get one of the best lines of the show. Like, the next best line of the show. 
And it's where Goleta says, The Dark Castle legend is only a myth. <laughs> and then during the scene, we also find out that uh, from Krim, that Antara is Krim's sister. And they don't really get along so well. And uh, turns out they were competing for their mother's love when they were kids. And Antara attempted to steal Ither's magic with Krim's help. But they failed and she was banished to another realm. But Krim insisted he was trying to help his sister succeeding on his deception check against Tormac. I was a little disappointed in this because when they first started being like, uh, they're hinting that he knows Altara, I was like, they fucked. They <laughs> this is like one of those old folks' homes that where, where syphilis yeah. is rampant because they're... <laughs> I, I was expecting them to say wife and not sister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, she's like, we're all sleeping with Krim because he has the most board games. <laughs> Yikes. He has he has <laughs> double trouble and he has sorry. <laughs> he has the game of life. And Candyland. Oh, he Candyland. He has that mousetrap game that you never wanted to play, you just wanted to set up the mousetrap and set it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Rack and Tuck hear this, they head out for the Dark Castle because they want to get there before everyone else and get the uh, Power Stone just for themselves. And we see them get to, like, the deserts after the forest before the plain. It's kind of odd. They go from the forest to the desert to the valley to the plain. But anyway, this is when their dino donkey basically dumps them out on the ground for being too abusive. And they look up and they see that Galtar and his crew are basically passing them by heading mm -hmm. towards the Crystal Valley. And at the Crystal Valley, Tormac and Krim have set up traps, as, like, uh, Matt had said. Goltar was expecting traps, but did nothing to stop it. Or counteract it. And this is kind of a cool space. There's all these, like, weird spiral emerald crystals yeah. that are all through the valley. They look like giant springs or something. Or like, they look you like know, old school phone cords. Yeah, like some sort of like organic was turned into crystal versus something crystallizing. Mm -hmm. Tormac and uh, Krim have soldiers basically set up around the uh, valley and they're shooting energy blasts from halberds. This mm -hmm. is when Atara gets dumped off of Zorn's featherless Chakabu mount named yeah. Kodo. And uh, they swing around to help out Antara to basically get her back up on her feet. And then she starts shooting off magic bolts that turn the uh, soldiers, um, Tormac soldiers, into glass. Basically, turn them into crystal. Into ice, I think. This is also the point where Galtar jumps off his horse and whips out the golden lance for the first time. The and first it's time. not even a lance. It's like a bow staff. It's not. It's it is a double bladed lightsaber that comes apart. Yeah. It's like a poorly made double bladed bladed lightsaber. He does this move <laughs> where he like raises over his head and twists it, and the blades come out. And he like does this weird flip, and I swear to God, he cuts his own arms off. 
Like he does this weird move where he like crosses it over and switches hands, and like you're like shwum, 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 and it's very clear that he cuts his own arms off. And then he turns and just starts blasting the fuck out of everything with yeah. basically their guns. Like they are not. They, yeah, they shoot energy yeah, yeah. blasts essentially. Yep. But, yeah, all all melee weapons also shoot lasers. Yeah. Yes. In, the, in this world, yeah. <laughs> and his aim his aim is terrible. He can't hit shit, but explosions are going off. And this bit was kind of epic. He's like doing flips. There's explosions going off behind him, and he's just firing off lasers everywhere. Yeah, but if you notice, like his lasers are essentially almost like a suppressing fire, just to like get the soldiers out of the way so they can escape. Suppressive fire. Yeah. When when Antara pops up and she like turns the bad guys into ice it, they they make it sound like she's just sort of transmogrifying them but they yell out the worst death scream yeah, yeah. obviously <laughs> being tortured by getting turned into ice and there's no coming back from that yeah so. well she claims that the spell is going to wear off but yeah. basically she just wants everyone to leave and for, forget about them exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no one's sticking around to see if that's actually true in that's fact Galtar guy- says and like Goltar, like after he sees this happen, he's like, "Wow, I completely trust her now." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she committed a whole scale murder in front of me. What a great yep. gal! Yeah, and Goletta was skeptical before, but now she's like, "Now I trust Antara." Or like she's like, "I now I trust Antara is not working with Tormac because they were shooting at her too, and she was shooting back." So right. Next scene, Galtor and the gang, they get to the Klamata Plains. They see a storm brewing at dusk, but the storm is actually bringing the dark castle into being. And castle opens up, they head on in, and Taurus says something about how the castle will disappear with anyone inside at daybreak. But she promises to keep the castle around forever mm-hmm. once she gets her hand on the magic stone. Not ominous at all. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So the dark crystal is in the central chamber on a pedestal underneath a throne. And all of these people do nothing to, like, you know, stop and check for traps or even, like, stop and, like, talk about what's going to happen. They just let Antara walk right up and take the stone. With no, no preamble. Well, they trust her implicitly now. Yeah. And twist! She double-crosses them and announces how this will start the new reign of Antara the Terrible. And she captures Galtar and the gang in a circle of magical energy. Commercial break! This is one of those things where, like, terrible word choice. Just say Antara the, the Pleasant. Just lie like, more. Like why? Antara you... the wise. Antara yeah. the the magnificent. You know. There's you can like even go with fierce, and you'd be like, "Well, yeah. okay. I mean, I'm on the fence, but." But as long as you promise to murder Tormac, that's all that I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Or just be like Antara, the ruler who likes to watch a lot of TV and uh, takes off Fridays. <laughs> Antara, the Netflix and chill. It's all good, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Tara, the person who wants to bum your subscription to uh, HBO Max. And Tara, the person, the 12th person that's on your uh, Crunchyroll account. 
There Watching you all go. those weird animes. Right. She really fucks up the algorithm, but you know. She's got your password. Hey. So at, after the commercial break, we get um, a scene where Atara is essentially locking all the gang up in manacles, and she's saying that she's going to spare Galtar at all because they saved her back in the Crystal Valley. So she's just going to keep them prisoner for an indeterminate amount of time. And then she goes to prepare herself because she knows that Tormac and Krim are about to show up. We cut to the front of the castle where Took and Raka finally showed up and they're too afraid to go inside until they see Tormac approaching and then they're scared of dealing with Tormac so they run inside of the castle. Tormac and Krim show up appearing not to spot Took and Rack and then they stop to talk and come up with a plan. I like these guys. I like the fact that they're actually like, let's get a game plan together. Yeah, yeah. Just like run right in. So they say that they're going to they're gonna try to talk to Antara, talk her into joining them. She should want to join them because Krim is her brother, and Krim tried to help her back in the day, uh, back when they were working against Ithara, or Ithar. So they say, okay, let's do that, we're good to go, and then they head in. Uh, something to note, Ithar was actually the uh, guardian of the Golden Lance also. He was the one that gave it to Galtar. Whoa. Not that it really matters. So. How do you keep this... up with all this, and these names? This, well, he has it all written down. Um, this scene yeah. where they go in is, <laughs> yeah, is when I first really got a good look at Tarmac's dad bod. He's basically oh. <laughs> like a walking bowling ball. Like, at, you know, he's pretty intimidating and, and like pretty pretty scary throughout the episode. And then they like show this scene, and he's um, he does seem to have like a short torso. Yeah, he's basically mm. a ball. Yeah, on with legs. Tormac is definitely very much, like, big, barrel-bellied. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing I noticed about him was that they, like, put the contrast down too far on him. He's just, like, dark, washed-out shades with, like, no saturation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I think his face is always supposed to be in shadow, but they kind of it doesn't always work, and they kind of fuck it up. Mm. Yeah, it just looks like he has a reverse 5 o'clock shadow, basically. Where, like, he's growing his stubble all over his forehead and his, the sides of his face. Right. So He's grown his beard up around his eyes. Yeah. Definitely very very strange. Uh, he definitely has the, the, the vibe of, like, he used to be the mightiest warrior, but he's kind of let himself go. Mm, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, being, being king is, and eating well has kind of gone to, to him. Gone he's to got his a real ro- Yeah, it's, it's a real Robert yeah. Baratheon kind of look. He's probably going to start suffering from gout pretty soon. Richmond's disease. Uh, next scene, Took and Rack, they find Galtar and the gang all uh, shackled up. And they're a bit dismayed because uh, that means Antara already has the Dark Crystal. So uh, they basically did not get to the power source soon enough. Tormak and Krim then find Antara in, the, in her throne room with the Dark Crystal and Galtar's Golden Lance. And Tarmac fails his persuasion check because, twist, Krim actually did not try to save his sister 30 years ago, but rather ran away like a coward, leaving her what to her What a surprise. Fate. So surprising. Again, the show is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so Antara is pissed. I wanted so badly to like it, and yeah. I could not. Yeah. 
But Itara is pissed because she lost 30 years of her youth to the whole Ithar debacle. Yeah. So instead she... So as a, as a revenge, she basically summons a really shitty two-headed Hydra to fight Tormak and Krem. Took and Rack release Galtar, and then they set to release the rest of the gang. Galtar hardcore... Like, he natural 20 on a charisma check, because he <laughs> no, has no, he's, he's got nothing. He's got no, yeah. like, it, they're his enemies, he's got nothing, and the GM was just like, fine, fuck, you can't get out of this. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to, like, okay, they help you for no reason. <laughs> well, the whole thing, <laughs> Tuck and Ra- Rack's whole thing is they, they constantly double-cross everybody. <laughs> they're, they're basically just, they're, they're mercenaries for hire. Except for, I don't think they really care about getting paid. They just want to continuously double cross everybody. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that one episode of Community where the uh, the dean kept on making deals with everybody, and they lost track of everything and like didn't know who he was working with when. This is they're the kind of people where I, I would be like, okay, go out and betray me, and they would just <laughs> fuck up their whole deal. I've hired you to betray me. Uh, oh shit. Yeah, but but it's great because as soon as Gothar gets free, he's like, save yourselves, and runs out of the room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, peace, motherfuckers. I gotta go get my lance. This is also the scene where Altera removes her veil, revealing that she's (gasps) old. And a bad guy. Wait, is it Altera or (laughs) Altera? I keep on saying Altera. I don't know. I thought it's Altera the Terrible. It's probably all. That was Antera. Is it Antera? Antrea. <laughs> the, the important thing is, it made such an impression on all of us that we know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but this is, this, is, this is the reveal that I'm like, wait, I mean, why is she spent 30 years in a prison? Like, why are we surprised that she's old? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the big deal? And also, but, like, what are you saying? Like, a woman's worth is only, like, yeah, exactly. inherits to her youth and beauty? Who gives uh, a fuck? I, she's got yeah, magic as a powers. Kid, as a, as a as a child, I probably wouldn't like the horror. <laughs> anyway, so back in the throne room, uh, Tormak and Krim are basically getting their asses handed to them by this Hydra. And then Galtar shows up, does a handspring backflip over the throne, grabbing his lance at the same time, using only two clicks out of his action. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He manages to shoot the Hydra with his energy blasts, distracting it long enough for Tormac and Krim to run away. Wait a minute, that's then... a joke that only the people on this podcast yeah, I know. Are <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Alright. That's why I wrote it. Boom! <laughs> Derek um, doesn't even get it. <laughs> I'm not I even paying attention. <laughs> yeah. This show, this show is so bad. I am so not yeah. invested in this episode. That's why I'm trying to get through the summary quickly so we can start panning it. So, Galtar shoots the stone out of Antara's hands. It slides across the floor in front in front of Goleta, Zorn, yeah. Tuck, and yeah. Rack. It becomes the scuffle of the B characters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Exactly. They have a football scrum. And the child wins by being the most B character in the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he is the B minus minus. Nice, yeah. nice. I'm the Z plot. Well, eventually, Antara gets into the fray. She manages to get a hold of it, and Galtar just shoots the stone in her hand, destroying it. 
which sets off the self-destruct sequence and the uh, the uh, end level timer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, everyone except Antara escapes, and we watch the castle disappear with Antara in one of the balconies, promising to return and defeat her brother, Krim. Yeah. Tormak then says there's a worse fate in store f- for Krim, and then we cut to the champagne room over at Tormak's castle. <laughs> and Krim's doing some sort of exotic dancing in his new jester costume for Tormak. Mm-hmm. Tormak asks, when can he quit? Or, I'm sorry, Krim asks, when can he quit? And Tormak says, not until you make me forget about your sister's sexy magic. Now twerk harder! <laughs> yep. Roll credits. Sadness. So, guys, what did you guys think of Galtar and his golden lance? I think his golden lance can take a golden shower. Ew. Wow, you you rehearsed so. that, didn't you? You like stood in front of the mirror. <laughs> That's what he was working on at the beginning of our record session. Yeah, but <laughs> he had to like take back and workshop a little bit. I thought that the bad guys were actually entertaining. Yes. Uh, I think the bad guys were the, were sure. the best part of this this episode. At the very least. Uh, I hated Tuck and Rack, but the, the, the primary bad guys were fun. I really loved the drawings. It was really yeah. well painted. The colors yeah. were gorgeous, and it was really well drawn. It was yes. not... And, and for a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, it was better animated than usual. But yes, yes. <laughs> The, my my, the, my comment is the sound. What, on top of that, this was not sonically displeasing, as pretty much no. every other Hanna Barbera cartoon has been. This mm. was actually like really good on the ears. I don't no, know if it's that clear had to do they the it's clear they what. spent money on this because it's it's yeah. it's really great art and good voices and good sound. The sounds actually sound recycled. I was getting a lot of flashbacks to other cartoons listening to some of the sound effects, like when the uh, castle appears. It sounds right out of just any other Hanna-Barbera uh, show. So, the, Yeah, but the, the, the thing know, is they didn't crank it up to 11 and like drop all the bass off of it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it sound- actually, like, it sounded like a sound effect, not like... Somebody banging a pot and pan in your ear or no. something like that. So, they were well I mean, the thing used. about the thing about sound is like like, like color. There's a set gambit of understandable sound, and uh, for cartoons, so they just yeah. reuse the same sounds over and over and over again. I mean, it saves money. Well, it's also like a short, like like Matt was saying. Essentially, it's like a shorthand. So, like you you know what you know what a castle disappearing sounds like. Care of, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> this and every other cartoon, you watch, uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's like the opposite of uh, Dragnet. Uh, you don't have to, you don't have to watch. You can just listen to this. You can put this on and just listen to the sound. Yeah, exactly. And be like, oh, the castle's disappearing. Oh, they better get out of there. <laughs> Matt, I agree with you on use of color. Yeah, like use of, I, use I, of color. <laughs> No, no, seriously, that was that was actually something I picked up on. Uh, this is one of the more vibrant cartoons we've watched. Like the color palette used to animate these cells is very, very good. It's yeah, top it's... fucking notch. The other thing that I noticed is they said a lot of 
kind of exclamations that you don't hear in in common speak. I don't I don't know if it's a Hanna Barbera thing, but they said agads and they said yeah. gadzooks. Oh um, no, yeah. Well, the the language they had in general was actually very interesting because they they like oh this is a stone of untold power instead of this is an all powerful stone or this is a stone that will give me a set power. Well, um, the, I mean, they're like, like there's like a lot of old timey speech patterns that they wound up yeah, incorporating. Yeah, it could seem more <laughs> fantasy. So. This is a stone of set power. It's set to fifty percent. <laughs> the fifty percent stone, stone. max power. This is the slightly drained stone of power. I need to plug it in overnight and let it charge up. Well, again, like we're it's sword and sorcery, so there's. There's a literature yeah. uh, from uh, Howard and Vance and, you know, like, there's a whole literature to this and mm-hmm. they just mine that for their phrase. Yeah, suck with that, yeah. Yeah. I also liked a lot of the shots and angles. Like, overall, like, the, the visual production was very high, but they could have taken these writers out and just beaten them to death in the street. Well, one good thing for the writers is the show does move at a pretty good clip. Even it's if true. the plot sucked and it didn't really like, it did have story beats that like hit at the right time. Even if they were shitty story beats, it so. felt very it felt very thunder in that way, where it's yeah, just like yeah. boom, boom, boom. These are our beats. We know it because this is a set format, and it always mm-hmm. kind of you know it always pans out this way, and um, so it felt like on genre. In a way that He-Man doesn't. He-Man is often like kind of mean. Yeah, kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Real loose and weird. And and of course, far, far better than the uh, what is it? The Planet of the Apes, where it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna try to stuff as much story into these five minutes, and then like the rest of it's just nothing. Well, you gotta you gotta you gotta wrestle ice apes on top of a mountain, <laughs> and with that scene, <laughs> must go on for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's that artist's fetish, and we got to do it. Yeah. It's in his writer. Yeah. Yeah. His dad owns the studio, and we specifically invented and wrote this show so that he could draw two snow apes wrestling. Oh, goodness. Mike, what did you think? Did you actually watch it? Yeah, it was. Were you watching along? Yeah. Uh, The things that bugged me. Antara's wild hand gestures when she talked like every sentence had to have a different <laughs> hand configuration wow. and I'm like I wow. can't concentrate nice. she's she's waving around like a cheerleader and did you see the manicure she had Jesus you gotta take like, care of your nails where does she go like girl doesn't know like what season it is <laughs> she's totally in autumn yeah wearing black before labor day what is she thinking <laughs> wow mm. <laughs> yikes <laughs> so <laughs> i thought it was on par with the other trash that we always watch so <laughs> mm. some of the trash that we watch is pretty good this was yeah. i mean I mean, Surprisingly it, good, yeah. There's a there's a thin spectrum of like trashy trash and respectable trash. Yeah. There's like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a membrane that we can pass through on, yeah. the, on the other side. It's a trash utopia. But in that narrow razor's edge of trash, 
which just we get paper cuts all over our bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like this one was just boring. Yeah, generic. Like there was yeah. nothing. There, there was no fun, no soul, no. I yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really know how to describe it. Like je ne sais quoi. Other than I started it, I was really excited about the sword and sorcery kind of thing, and then uh, then I just sword started surfing shit on my phone. <laughs> like right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. here here's a question: uh, Did you like this more than He Man, or do you think He Man's better? He Man. You prefer? Uh, I think He Man. I think yeah. He-Man's weirder. The the world building I, in yeah. He-Man does not make sense. So I and like how weird he like is. Grabs your attention more. Yeah, I can see that. But I have to admit, when we started pitching this podcast, this is basically like exactly <laughs> the show <laughs> that I figured we'd be watching, where we would be like, uh, uh, like feeling nothing inside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think in a way this is like preparing us for Pirates of Dark Water. Oh and, yeah, uh, we're yeah. gonna be horribly disappointed. Yeah, yeah. It just slowly just because twelve-year-old Matt would have been all about this. It has all the things oh, no, that twelve-year-old yeah, Matt yeah. would love. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that if I was actually watching this, I'd be like, "Why is everybody talking about He-Man? You got Galtar." He's got like two lightsabers. Yeah. There's like a chocoboo in it. Yeah. The evil guy is actually like coming up with tactics and acting smart for the most part. Yeah, he's not annoying. Yeah. So, yeah, it's genius. We've got to keep it. We all love it. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not, dude. It's nice, so bad. Nice. Okay, so I, I have another question for this. Yes. So. So we saw, you saw what everybody's hot rods were, what everybody was riding, what they're tooling around town in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the show. They're, they're, so they're was, vehicles. They're vehicles, yeah. So we, so we got uh, Galtar's horse named Thork. We got uh, Zorn's <laughs> mount named Kodo. And then we got the dino donkey going on. Which would you prefer to have as your riding animal? Oh, what would you want wow. to be your steed? The Dino Donkey is pretty rad. I mean, the Dino Donkey is is the correct answer. <laughs> but do I really want to ride that fucking Muppet looking motherfucker? No. But he's like the SUV of horses in that, like, very easy to get in and out of. You know, just like throw your oh, leg yeah. over it. And he's tufted. Yeah. He's got these soft tufts you can sit in. I yeah. think. I think like I would like I would like ride it around the apartment. Be like, oh, I, I, I got to get up and go to the bathroom. All right, I'll get on the dino donkey and just ride it into there. Uh, I can nice. like, I can just pivot nice. and and pee off the edge of the dino donkey. Nice. See, I think I'd go with the hairless chocoboo myself. Hmm. I think it would chafe. I'm concerned. Well, that's the reason why I got to get like a little, like a little saddle, you know, like a reverse chaps, if you would. I kind of like one of those horses that it's made all of crescents. Oh yeah, yeah. You you you'd go with Galtar's horse. Yeah, yeah. It actually looks more like a statue of a horse. Yeah. Or a uh, perhaps a playset horse. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, the important thing is the the all of the mounts were actually voiced by Frank Welker. So, yes, I saw his name and I was like, I'll bet he was every animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Sounded so like Derek, a- Derek, what what's your final answer? What do you want to go with? Dino donkey, horse, chocobo. Again, have, like, I think the bad guys have unicorn style horses. They're like these big. It's a it's horses. a it's a My Little Pony crossed with. A brontosaurus. Yeah, <laughs> like it really is. Say you want to ride Frank Welker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the real correct answer, right there. You get to be all three at once. Mike, what's your what's your final answer? Um, true. Well, we Perfect. have a surprise for you, Mike. If you go outside, you have your very own dino pony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, hold Remember, on. Remember, they're they're horrible, murderous brutes, and they'll eat you out of house and home. Enjoy. We forgot to feed him. I think he's dead by now. Oh, yeah. Timmy, Timmy, no. That's right. It's good eats. So he only eats Chipotle burritos. <laughs> You, you know if you have that hairless chocoboo or that, that featherless chocoboo, you know you're going to be just be like playing games of joust around the house with them, right? It's just going to be <laughs> like course. running at each other. Right. It's, it's a requirement. But you'd need two of them, right? It. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, somebody's just at a slight disadvantage. So. <laughs> That's called target <laughs> practice. <laughs> you mean like you would be running down your siblings and, <laughs> and brutally murdering them. Skewering We're playing alive. joust, you little shit. Potato, potato, you know. Quick, get the giant ostrich egg. <laughs> they make great omelets. I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. Keep or delete, everybody. God. Where are we at? Just get mm. rid of uh, delete it. it. Cut it out. Derek's, de- no, okay. Derek's delete. Mike's delete. Hear me, hear me out. Hear me oh, out. Devil's okay, well, okay, I'm actually on the fence, so I'll hear you out. <laughs> yeah, I'll okay. hear you out too. Because I, I want to keep it. Here's what I want to say. It's so much fun. It's such garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. I heard nothing. <laughs> Think you could be watching this instead of something good. Instead of he Isn't that better? Or... <laughs> For my That's mental right. health. No. <laughs> normally normally I'm on the same the same page as you, Matt. Like I like getting real trash nonsense in here. But it wasn't even so bad it was fun. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's a little too good. It's a little too slick. Like yeah, it's not good yeah. it's it's well produced and they clearly care went into it. Like it's actually well animated and acted, but the writing is really, really letting it down. No, you're, yeah, you're right. it's just both, both boring. Of you guys are right. Yeah, it's it's too good to be trash, and it's too trash to be good. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's on the razor's edge. But the only thing that we're really upset about is the storyline. Another episode is going to have a different story. Yeah, it'll so, be so see, much it'll be better. It'll be so much better. Exactly. That, that's why I'm on the fence, because I don't think <laughs> another episode will have a different story. <laughs> Every I episode, mean, just, they're like, oh, you have to go to the dim castle that appears every 
Fifty. Years. I, I love. I love how we get in this argument every every episode because somebody <laughs> wants to play the devil's advocate. We all know this needs to be voted off because it's it's not amazing nor is it terrible. It's just it's a cheese sandwich. No, mm-hmm. no, I love cheese sandwiches. the the first The first episode does have a dragon in it that helps Stop. Galtar and Goletta. And in later Stop. episodes, Goletta can summon the dragon. This is terrible. Then you know it. It's fucking terrible. I want to watch more attempted entertainment. I want to watch the season finale. I want to see how this all ends. Yeah, I want to see how this all pans out. There, there is no season uh, finale because they canceled it before they actually got a season finale. They only got twenty-one episodes out of it, so it's like it ends in like media res, basically. So this is this is Spider-Man Unlimited territory. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, Spider-Man Unlimited had a season end. That's true. They killed everybody. So <laughs> they left things on a cliffhanger. Yeah, this this is this isn't going to have a cliffhanger. It's just. I'm also on the fence, David. Like, I I enjoyed parts of this just because I feel like it's it's weird and unique and and well animated and drawn, but it's um it's not good. So I, I would be fine losing it. Hmm. So essentially, we're gonna have like me that wants to keep it, two against, and two abstaining. Oh, if you're if you want to keep it, I'll vote to keep it. (laughs) Then I have to decide. (laughs) Come on, David, free us all. I, you know what? Do what you want because I'll just not do that podcast. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know what, guys? Do what you want. Easiest. I quit. I quit the podcast. (laughs) I'm done. Oh, we're doing Galtar again? Fuck you, fuck you. Sorry. You're cool. Uh, oh, fuck you. We're doing Galtar? Oh, the, kid, the kid's sick that day. I'm sorry. I gotta watch oh, the kid. Oh, I... Yeah. yeah. In, in two months. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you guys, you're quitting too hard. You gotta quiet quit. You gotta, okay. go, you gotta go to the podcast. You just gotta stop responding to messages for the night and say... <laughs> like, yeah. straight up ghost it. Yeah, you just don't watch the episode before you start the podcast. Do the bare minimum during the podcast... Do inane dad jokes, etc. Mm, they're on to me. <laughs> <laughs> you quiet quit our podcast, you piece of shit. <laughs> well, we, we do we do have two hundred and forty six other series to choose from. I agree. Yeah. So it might be a good idea for us to start trying to cut some of the fat, just so we can get to the rest of these things. Yeah, you guys are episode hoarders. You make me look like a not hoarder. <laughs> a norder. A norder, yeah, exactly. Damn those norders. Goddamn norders. <laughs> They're all over Skyrim. <laughs> God. Oh. Bad. I used to Bad. be an adventurer like you. <laughs> yeah. Then I took a cheese to the knee. Well, if, if Matt thinks that this that the finale is, is going to be where the good episode is and we don't have one, then I guess I'll vote it off. Okay. Wow. Mm, wow. Sounds good. So we have stricken Galtar from the list. Yeah. To the refuse pile with you, Galtar. <sighs> yeah. It was I feel like I lost death. the battle and I lost the war. We barely knew ye. It's okay. David, did and you download all of them? Wait, what? Did you did you download all of them? 
<laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> can you send? Can you send them to me? <laughs> hey man, do you got any of that extra episode? <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit of that Galtar. Can I, can I have just just a five minute hit? Just if yeah, what what would be the slang term for doing Galtar? It's it's not a bump. Ooh, no, it's it's a it's a, um, it's a lance. It's a blast. Dipping yeah, the yeah. princess. It's, a, it's an energy blast. Mm. Lan- lancing, lancing the. <laughs> it's a dinosaur donkey punch. <laughs> 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 like when Took was slapping that ass. Yes. Give me a hit of that galt. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe maybe like just get a, like a little bit of, like divorced from it and just say it's a crim. Mm. Oh wow! Get to wow. do a crim. Yeah, I got to do some crim. I need some clarity. Yeah, crim is when that. you do it up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> what do you sound with? Uh, yeah, yeah. Galtar, your body absorbs it so much faster. In the urethra. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> wow. I can't do that. It's full of it's full of coffee beans. <laughs> no, that's true. It's already yeah. already taken. Blue Mountain Bean Hole. <laughs> All right. One of my nuts is just, is just mm-hmm. coffee beans. It's just because <laughs> you pushed it so far off the air. Yeah, yeah. It got to the testicle. A little yeah. sack of coffee beans. <laughs> just a little extra bag of coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> David, That's where I it's going to keep my stash. <laughs> That's right. Whenever anybody kicks you in the nuts, it suddenly invigorates you because you get a caffeine yeah, yeah. release. Yeah. And you squeeze it. It's like getting one of those soft bunnies that, that poop jelly beans. It's like there's coffee coming out of my dick hole. Nice, nice. If it wasn't framed in a comedic sense, I'd swear we were like sadistic. Torture perverts, gross perverts. <laughs> well, perverts. We are, yeah. well, we are yeah. perverts, but I yeah, was going to a little further, sadists, yeah, preverts, preverts. Isn't that before a pervert? So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so what <laughs> a postvert, Scott. Oh, yeah, God post-verts. help us. You don't want any postverts. Oh, shit, I have to, I have to redeem something, don't I? <laughs> yes, you do. Hey man, we're in a we're in a cutting mood, you know. Let's mm, let's bring out the long knives. Take it off. Knives. All, right, it off. all right. Mm, mm, mm. Here's here's what I'm going to be cutting. I'm going to cut Bigfoot in the muscle machines. Whoa, whoa! Which looks like it's looks like it's, it's a, a single episode. It's a monster truck show. That's right. What? I'm cutting it. Oh my god, we haven't even watched it. I know. We'll still watch it. It's just going to like the weight pile, basically. We still have why? to watch all that shit we cut. So why? Why? But we. But uh, because it's 1985, and we just watched something from 1985, and it was garbage. So we've ruined 1985 <laughs> for you. So 1985 is ruined. Yeah. It's a bad year. Yeah. For bad people. You get. You <laughs> you can bad. S- Stand over the ruins of 1985. 
and change to your to your bedpost. Which means Why the next thing on the chopping block is going to be Robotech. That's right. Whoa. Boom. Whoa. How dare you cut that incomprehensible mess of a show? <laughs> okay. So I've done my redemption. I have my well thought out and totally planned redemption. We have Dumb and Dumber on here, and you cut fucking... <laughs> That's right, I did. Deal with it. We want cartoons 26 hours a day! Reverse retcon. They're like reverse mortgages, only they're not a scam on old people. No, wait. It's exactly <laughs> <Yet>. the same. <laughs> Who you call it old, David? <laughs> Tell me... What is index 568? Whoa. Mid-list. Or late-list. Mm. Oh. Street Sharks. Nice. Street Sharks. Nothing this like a Teenage Mutant the... Ninja Turtle ripoff. Yeah. Exactly. The, the mid-90s take a certain type of mutated animal, put it with a certain type of subculture, give them mm-hmm. martial arts, go. It's extreme. It's extreme. And we are watching episode 40. Whoa. Episode 40, wow. The last one. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. The ultimate oh, episode. Oh, me, me too. Final episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I hope, I hope you get the Sumerian duties, Mike. Oh, yeah, I don't too. want it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazingly terrible. Wow. <laughs> Actually, it would just be terrible. That'd be on brand. So the final episode of Street Sharks is called Shark Apocalypse Now. Nice. I'm sorry, nice. Sharkopolis Now. Even At the time worse. when the world leaders have come to an agreement not to use biological weapons, the Street Sharks and the Dino Avengers are enlisted to guard a top secret facility with biological weapons. Oh, the Dino Avengers. They, nice. they have their own s- spin-off. Uh, That's right. Some, some characters. They have, a, they have an internal spinoff. Sweet. It's in their own show. Dino Dino Avengers. Do they like avenge the dinosaurs? <laughs> They're like <laughs> they we... destroy every asteroid they come across. Yeah, we hate comets, motherfuckers. Are you excited for this, Derek? Ooh. Derek. Derek. I am. Because you're doing Derek. it. Sounds like. Because you're yeah you're doing it. Sweet. The one, the one that I'm actually kind of disappointed that I missed being in the role for it was Dino Riders. I know the past yeah. couple of weeks I've been kind of hit or miss, um, but going through the spreadsheet today, I was like, "Oh fuck, we got Dino Riders coming up." And I was, like, I could oh. be persuaded, you know. Mm. You know what? You know what's really funny is we, we Dino Riders came up and we were like, you know what? We should really have Derek do this. Yeah. And, and then we went back. And Did you guys really? Yeah, yeah, and we went oh, back. Damn. And we, we looked at our notes and we were like, "Oh shit, Mike was the one that buffed Dino Riders." We should still have Derek do it. <laughs> that's right. But I was the one who had Dino Riders toys. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's that's why still, I was like, "Oh, dude, I'd love to do that one." Though Mike buffed it, we still thought you should be the one to summarize it. So, um, also, if I ever negotiate a contract and I need to put an addendum on it, I'm going to call it a Dino Rider. Nice. Yeah, that'll like teach it. you. 
Do you want to go one for one, Donna Riders, for, for this one? No, no. That's not a good trade for me. What do you have to offer <laughs> me? <laughs> All right, fine. Fuck it, whatever. No, of course I'll just I talk will. About my, I'll talk about my Dino Riders toys regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course I will, sir. I will switch Sweet. and take Street Sharks. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. You're welcome, buddy. I think one of the questions I have that we need to get answers for is how many of these dinosaurs now, according to science, didn't exist? Didn't exist, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, Brontos- there's Brontosaurus one that was... Didn't exist. Bron- well, the Brontosaurus no, is actually like the wrong, main focus sir. of this episode. So. Brontosaurus was a dino when we were kids in the 80s. Then they said Brontosaurus didn't exist because it was a variation of the Apatosaurus. And then recently they came back and said, nope, Brontosaurus is its own fucking species. They brought it back. Wow. back. Nice. They yep. brought it back. They brought, they Brontosaurus back. is like the Pluto of dinos. Depending on who's a scientist, they're yeah. like, it's a terrestrial object. No, it's a planet. No, it's a fucking ball in space. It's a planet. Like, whatever they go back and forth. But yeah, Brontosaurus nice. is back. Nice. So, on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Street Sharks Episode 40, Shark Sharkpocalypse Now. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Doug, Episode 41, Doug's Bum Rap, and Doug and Patty Sitting in a Tree. For Amazingly Terrible, I have been Galtar's Golden Lance. Wow. I've been an unused right. boomerang. Okay, boomer. I have been nonsensical bullshit. <laughs> I've been a pile of leaves. <laughs> I've been a gauntlet of ill-defined powers. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, you are. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll yeah, see Merry you next Christmas. time. Merry yeah, Christmas. or whatever holiday you're celebrating. Yeah, yeah. You are special, and we love you. We do. <laughs> God, that's sad. Awesome. No, it's Ready? nice. That was being genuine and sincere. Look, I want to talk directly to you, to your listener. I want you to know <laughs> that we love you. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Wow. Oh. Wow. I'm I'm the asshole. I'm the <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Damn. Sometimes yeah. you're the asshole and sometimes you're the um wait a minute. This is going the wrong direction. Sometimes you're the asshole, sometimes the asshole's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Uh, it's gold. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>